0: I want to say it was human, but it
1: wasn't.
0: He was he, was, he was yelling at me, grab a gun, grab a gun. I was like, for what? He said, just grab a gun. And there's footprints all the way to the door of my house. It had went inside my garage all the way to the door.
1: 911, what are you reporting? Jesus Christ, you better... Sure. See ya. Hello? Get somebody out here. What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot nine, I don't know. Do you see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him.
2: Uh Uh-oh. You're listening to Sasquatch Chronicles. Check us out online at SasquatchChronicles.com. If you've had an encounter, email me. My email address is Wes at SasquatchChronicles.com. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. Got a great show planned for you tonight. Going to be talking to John. And uh, John had an encounter, I believe, in 1968 uh, in Louisiana. And I'm really glad to have John on the show because not a lot of people from Louisiana come forward. And I think there's way more that goes on down there. Then I'll be talking to uh, JC. And JC actually had an encounter in the military. He was on a base. And we got to kind of be careful um, how much we say about it, because I think everyone signed something, because uh, it shut down the night ops, and they ran into these creatures. So he'll be sharing that, and then he recently moved to Maine, and ha- he'll be discussing some encounters around his property, too, as well. If you've had an encounter, and you'd like to be on the show, shoot me an email. My email address is wes at If you get a chance, please check out sasquatchchronicles.com. You can become a member and get additional shows a lot of cool things on there i know friday night uh, was hunter's night and i had two uh, hunters on the show great great encounters so if you get a chance check it out sasquatchchronicles.com let's jump into it tonight i want to welcome john to the show john thanks for coming on no
1: problem at all thanks for having me
2: yeah i appreciate you being here um i know your encounter took place in louisiana if you would would you kind of just start from the beginning Tell us uh, what you were doing and walk us into what happened.
1: Okay. I am 56 right now. I was about six or seven years old. So this was in about 67 or 68. We have a lot of levee systems down here, I guess, as you know. We tend to go and maybe cook or ball crawfish or barbecue or whatever out of the levee. It's, you know, fishing and hunting and swimming and the whole nine yards outdoors, you know everybody goes down to the levee on the weekend. Well, this was no different. We were I was about, play, i say, six or seven years old, and all I remember was there was a levee near there. We were on the side of a levee, and they were boiling crawfish. There was a blanket spread out. My mom, my dad, my uncle, and my aunt were there, and I was there. And they were talking and, you know, drinking a few beers and barbecuing, or, I mean, uh, boiling crawfish, and just hanging out having a good time well i realized that they weren't watching me and there was this little trail that went back straight back from the levee back to in deep into the woods and i thought man i want to go explore that trail you know i was old enough to know all about the animals and i knew exactly what was going on anyway i started walking back there and i kept looking back to make sure
3: that I was in line of
1: sight of my dad, because that was one of his rules, man. His deal was, uh, it's not my job to watch you. It's your job to make sure that I can see you at all times. And that was my job, trust me. So I was walking down that trail, I was going straight back, and I'm looking back, saying, okay, he he can see me. So I keep walking, they don't even notice I'm gone, you know, but I can see him. I'm walking straight back and I'm looking down because uh, it was early spring and uh, there was some water on the ground and there could be moccasins or water moccasins or uh, copperheads or whatever. I was looking for snakes. You know, I was a kid. I'm looking for snakes. So I keep walking back and right as I get towards the back of the trail, I realize that it takes a right. You know, it suddenly turns to a right on the side of this big tree. And I think to myself, man, if I take that right, which I wanted to, but if I take that right, my dad won't be able to see me. You know, I'll, I'll be out of sight, and I'll be in some real serious trouble. Well, right as I'm about to turn around, I'm looking down, right as I'm about to turn around in my two o'clock position, I notice something on the side of that tree swaying a little bit from side to side, ever so slightly, you know, just a little bit but enough to catch my eye, and I froze instantly. And I looked up on the side of the tree, and there was just a big, it was a dark figure. I look up, and as where the eyes are supposed to be is my eyes meet. Right when our eyes meet, this thing just gets so pissed off. I mean, like you wouldn't believe. He just gets so mad, and he just screams at me real quick. Now, he's about 15, 20 feet away. He's not far away at all, but he just juts his head forward and, and screams, Wah! real quick like that. And, uh, man, that's, that's when my feet kicked in. I didn't have any choice to run or not. I was running, son. I don't know what we say when the Bigfoot just took off and disappeared, but that's probably what he told his family. That little boy just took off and disappeared. Must have jumped a portal or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I was gone. I remember running so fast and thinking my feet aren't even touching the ground. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall, you know. And as I'm running, I get to the head of the the trail where it started, and I dove right in the middle of the picnic blanket and the baskets and the old nine yards. Everything just went flying. So as that's happened, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to be in some serious trouble for destroying this picnic area, you know. And so I jump up immediately. I look behind because I, I had full figured that this thing was chasing me. I mean, I really thought it was, but it never was, man. It wasn't there. And I get up and I said, did y'all see that? Did y'all hear that? You know, I said, it was a hairy gorilla and it screamed at me. Well, they all started laughing and my uncle went in to berate me right off the bat, telling me how, you know, I'm just scared cat and I'm. You know, there's no gorillas, there's no hairy gorillas in Louisiana. I was just scared. I'm just, you know, a kid in the whole nine yards, you know. But my dad's not saying anything. And that's what I noticed kind of like right off the bat while I'm while this is going on, I'm thinking, My dad's not saying a word, which is unusual. He would have been all over me, you know. That, that goes on and It kinda of calms down and whatnot. And I went in the truck and I went to sleep. I didn't want to have no part of nothing again. You know, and here I am thinking, man, I saw a hairy gorilla, but they told me there's no hairy gorillas in Louisiana. So, I mean, you know, what you're going to do when your dad and your uncle tell you there's no hairy gorillas in Louisiana. Anyway, we um, we go to the next thing I realize, we're home. And my dad is in the living room in his chair, you know, the dad's chair. And he calls me in there. He says, John, come see. And I knew what that meant. That was he wanted to know exactly what happened, and he wanted to know I was telling the truth. Because if I wouldn't have been telling the truth, if he even thought for a second that I was lying or making that up, he'd have had my butt. But anyway, I went in there and I told him. I said, "Dad, I'm not lying. I'm not making anything up." I walked down there, and it was something was swaying, and I saw it was a hairy gorilla. It screamed at me. I saw its eyes. I saw its face. You know, and had that black leathery face just like a gorilla, you know. And of course he tells me, son, there's no gorillas in Louisiana. But he believed me or something because he didn't, you know, he didn't whip me or anything. You know, I didn't get any punishment or anything. But then he told me, he said, and in no uncertain terms he told me this. He was dead sure of himself. He said, son, what you saw was an ancient tribe of Indians down here in Louisiana. They've lived in the basin forever. And he said, and they uh, they shunned society. They stayed in the deep in the basin and they became wild again, like feral humans, you know. And he said in no uncertain terms, that's what they were, and that he had had one parallel him on the way home one time from hunting when he was about 17. But uh, he he totally believed me, man. He was like matter-of-factly. I never get to have uh, an adult conversation with him because he died when I was 12. But uh, he knew more. He was always the type that was reading, you know, National Enquirer about the aliens and whatnot. So he he was hip to it. You know, he knew what was going on himself.
2: Yeah, that's interesting that your dad would, you know, not berate you, but want, you know, and give his explanation for what.
1: Yeah, he he totally explained it to me. Like he knew for sure in his mind that that's what they were. And that's what I saw. So I was cool with that the rest of my life, you know. And then, you know, in a series, a bunch of dreams and stuff and nightmares of night terrors that I've had, all that stuff, man. It's all come back, you know. But you block that stuff out, especially when you got to hunt. My dad didn't want me to be scared of the woods. You know, you have to hunt and fish down here. I mean, it's a rite of passage, basically. You know, you can't be scared of the woods. That's the last thing that a man would want for his son. You know, so I don't think he told me more just not to scare me.
2: If you would, would you describe what you saw? So you walk up on the thing, and it appears to be gorilla-like, and then it, it barked at you or...
1: Um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I that I called it. Can you but, describe uh, it for the audience?
2: Maybe someone who hasn't seen one.
1: Yeah, for my, for me, it was uh, what made me say gorilla was not the way it looked on out the outer shape or anything like that. It was the texture, the face. It had a gorilla textured face, the same black leathery skin. That's what made me say gorilla, and the eyes. The eyes were so huge. I mean, it it was so mad. You can see just in the eyes. I knew right away that I was walking in their trap right there. If I'd have taken that right, he would have been in between me and my dad. and And the woods would have been in between all of us. So I'd have been just all on my own out there. I had no doubt in my mind at the time that he meant to do me harm. Nobody can tell me different today. You know, he got mad because I saw him too soon. I saw him before I was supposed to see him. And that's what made him so mad. That's what I firmly believe.
2: Yeah, I hear you. And he said it It looked, when you say gorilla-like, I mean, can you kind of describe what you saw for the audience? Let's say someone is they have no idea what Bigfoot means or what Sasquatch means. Um, I
1: remember the color of the eye being amber or goldish or amberish. And uh, the, the skin was black, like just like a gorilla, leathery. I mean, that's what made me say gorilla, because it was the texture of the face. Not anything else, but the eyes and the face made me say gorilla. And like I said, when, when it screamed at me, my, my feet kicked in and I was gone, man. Um, that's really was the extent of the encounter. Now, I will tell you this, you know. Right on that East Texas border in Louisiana is the Sabine River, which was uh, dammed up and they made a reservoir, Toledo Bend Reservoir. It's a huge fishing and outdoor reservoir and park and whole nine yards, you know. Later on, my dad, my dad had gone on a uh, hunting trip. Right down here, squirrel hunting is a big deal. And opening weekend of squirrel season is a super, super huge deal. So he tells me, you know, son, well, you can't come this weekend because it's uh, it's a work thing. You know, it's a bunch of men from work and we're not bringing any of the kids. So I'm upset, of course. You know, I'm beside myself. You know, I can't go hunting for opening weekend. Well, he leaves on the Friday. Now, Saturday, I'm mulling around the house in the kitchen. And my mom was doing dishes, and she looks out the kitchen window and says, what's your dad doing home? And I thought to myself, well, yeah, what is he doing home? You know, so I meet him at the door, he comes in with a puzzled look on his face. And he calls me into the room to the chair again, and he tells me, now, tell me what you saw when you said you saw that hairy gorilla. So I told him the hairy gorilla story again. He said, because and by this time, my mom's in the kitchen, I mean, in the living room, wanting to know what the hell he's doing home, you know. He says, during the night, he said, half the men left in the middle of the night because something kept walking around the camp, circling the camp, and screaming like a woman screaming, being murdered. And I couldn't believe that people have said that it sounds like a woman screaming, because the only other time I heard that in my life was when my dad told me that when I was about 10 years old, Uh, you know, he had, they had heard that and the rest of them just left the next Saturday morning. They didn't even hunt. You know, they just all took off. They didn't want to have no part of it. So I always wondered, you know, what that was, but he totally believed it was the hairy gorilla thing. You know, Um, I I got the impression from him.
2: Yeah. It sounds like it. And so in your encounter, you, you really felt like this thing if you would have made one wrong move, it was going to kill you.
1: I really, I think I was walking into a trap right instantly. When I realized that it was something there, that's the thought that hit me in my head. I was walking into a trap. You know, I saw it too soon. It's, it got mad because I saw it too soon. I was supposed to take that right. Cause it had to watch me come all the way down the trail West, all the way from the front by the levee you know, the trail was right there and it was standing right there on the side of it. So it saw me come all the way down the whole time. I guess it figured it had a little tasty morsel, you know, away from their parents or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But that that's the impression I got. I really did. I, I have no doubt in my mind today that that thing meant to do me harm.
2: Let me ask you too, John, while I have you on the phone uh, and being from Louisiana, you know, I always assumed the Rougarou and I know I'm not saying it the right way, but that's my idiot way of saying it, the Rougarou, uh, a lot of times when you talk to people from Louisiana, they will say, that's a dogman. Um, and then sometimes you'll talk to people from Louisiana, and they'll say, that's Bigfoot. That's that's their their term. Yes. Is Rougarou kind of a general term for just whether it's Sasquatch or dogman? It, it, have you no, heard the-
1: it's actually a literal term, but it's not Rougarou, even though we do say we murder the language and say it. It's a Luc Garou, L-U-C, G-A-R-O-U, Luke Garou, which means wolf man in French. And um, my dad told me this. Now, like I said, he told me that, about the ancient tribe of Indians that went wild again, and that's what the, the hairy gorilla that I saw. Because I told him it had people eyes. I forgot to tell you that. The thing that I told him when I was young, I said, but daddy, it had people eyes, not, not animal eyes. You know, in other words, he could think it was smart. It was intelligent. But that's the only way I could convey it back then. But he'd also told me, he said that they have the ancient tribe of Indians, but there's also another one that we call the Ugaru. He said, but it has a tail. I said it has a snout he said yeah it has a snout and it has a tail he said people think they're magic they're not magic or anything like that it's just another type of animal that's out there he said but you'll probably never see one if you see one either the indians or the uh lugaru he said just stay away from it just leave don't even point your gun don't shoot at him or don't do anything just leave now that's what he told me about the lugaru and the uh the hairy gorilla.
2: Yeah, it's almost like your dad knew a little bit more, don't you think? I mean, when you say yeah. lookaroo, it's kind of, um, you almost wonder if, you know, obviously some people would imagine they would think it's legend. They would think yeah, it's yeah. a myth, but it almost sounds like your dad believed that it was a real entity you could run into, or a real animal you could run into.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in the movie, you know, The Wolfman with Lon Chaney, they say that lookaroo. In there, and uh, but that's what that always was for us. It was now people do murder it and say it real fast where it comes out rugaru, but
2: <laughs> like me, yeah.
1: You know, <laughs> man, well, you know, people down here do it. Don't don't feel on. You know? People down here do that, man. In a nutshell, it it did traumatize me though. I got to tell you, man. My dad and him actually bought me a an old time lantern light. That was for a nightlight, because I slept with a light on till I was in high school, man. Directly related to that thing. Seeing that, that thing, as I called it, or that hairy gorilla.
2: Yeah, and your dad sounds like a country boy who wouldn't put up with getting you a nightlight. Uh, but oh, that kind of shows you that maybe he he believed you. You know, he really thought that you had seen...
1: Yeah, yeah he did believe me. And uh, like I say, for him to do that was way out of character. I mean, you know, he knew something had happened. He totally believed me because he wouldn't have gotten me a, a nightlight, you know, for his firstborn son. No, <laughs> that wouldn't happen.
2: Well, let me ask you, John, what what do you think Sasquatch is? What, what's your honest opinion?
1: I'm going to go with what I saw and what my dad told me. You know, he said, in no uncertain terms, it was an ancient tribe of people that never got civilized, that just never made it quite to the civilization. So that's what I'm going to go with, you know, because it did have intelligent eyes. I can tell you that much,
2: you know. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of hunters, when they come across these things and they have them in the scopes, uh, why Mm -hmm. they have a hard time pulling the trigger. You know, it's um, why there isn't more dead bodies. Because your average hunter, I mean, you know this, John, you're a country boy. You grew up in the country. Generally speaking... Yeah, generally speaking, your your hunter isn't going to, at least the guys I've ever been out with, they don't shoot and ask questions later. That's just not the way it works. Um, no, they know no, what no. they're shooting. They know what. Um, oh, yeah. Everyone's kind of down, of down on hunters, but they really are a, a, a people no, with integrity. That's the main
1: rule, Wes. That's the main rule right there. Be sure what you're shooting at. I mean, our dads drive that into our heads, man you do not shoot it unless you're absolutely 100% sure what you're shooting at and what's behind it, you know? So, but I think a lot of hunters have seen this or seen something like that. I can't be the only one that I know around here. There's no way they just don't say anything because once again, you got to hunt. You can't be scared. You know, you you don't want to ruin that, you know, by believing in something that, it's just impossible to believe, you know.
2: Well, and that's the thing with, I think I made the comment in the last couple of shows, uh, I mentioned Kentucky and then kind of your northeast, you know, like Maine, mm-hmm. some of those areas. But I'd put Louisiana in the same breath. Um, people are funny from that area. They, unless they know you or unless they or your family, they're not going to tell oh, you yeah. squat, you know. And you're
1: and right. Exactly. You're not going to hear a thing.
2: Don't you think there's more that goes on down there, John, w- wouldn't you say, than what you would ever read on, like, the BFRO website or
1: haunting- I believe I believe so. I believe the key would be the loggers in north Louisiana and northwest Louisiana. Uh, I, I'd be curious to see what these guys got to say. You know, I, I read some reports from out of there on the BFRO website, and there's a plenty. There's, there's nine of them in Grant Parish alone you know, that are just reports. Just think how many people have seen something and haven't reported it, you know?
2: Yeah, it's definitely a mystery. And, you know, like I said, people from that area, they they have some of the best stories, but they, they will not yeah. tell you. And I've talked to a lot of people from Louisiana off there, and uh, a lot of times they'll share encounters, but then they're like, ah, I don't want to come on the show, I don't want to. Um, they're so yeah, afraid of yeah. people thinking they're crazy, and it's like you know what your story's not as crazy as you think. I
1: mean, yeah, we have we have grandparents. We ask like my generation, my grandparents never spoke English; they only spoke French. So I really didn't know what they were saying. So being able to pass down stories about that, you know, would have been almost impossible. You know, because I don't speak French.
2: Yeah, do you, what do you? Let me ask you, John. What What do you think it would take to prove this thing? Do you think the government's covering it up or do you think just no one has it? I think shot so one?
1: because I think it is too uh it's too human for people to handle. I think that's the whole deal about it. It is too human for people to handle. And of course there's going to be every well you know if you if you ever watched the documentary on the Honey Island Swamp creature when uh, Mr. Ford had gotten his, his video of it The place was inundated. They had to call the National Guard out to come and stop people from going and hunt this thing down. So people are crazy. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. And then you get the religious factor in there. And, man, you'll never know what's going to happen.
2: And I'm glad you brought that up, John, because that video he took. And for the audience listening, uh, the Honey Honey Island Swamp Monster, that was actually shot, I want to say, five years before the Patterson-Gimlin film.
1: And, yeah, it was it was early '60s or mid '60s. Yeah, correct. And it
2: was a good video. That old man took a really good video of this thing walking off. He did, and it gets no attention. I, I don't really understand why, but and it, I think it's just as good as a Patterson Gimlin, if not better. Um, and it gets no attention. Everyone says, "Oh, it's a suit," and it's like, "Well, oh, give me a break, man." No, it's and not I,
1: a suit, coming, man. He's walking through knee deep water, you know. Yeah. In the swamp. You don't go walking in a swamp like that. You know, you, you just can't do it. You know, it just doesn't happen. I know that's uh, Dana Holyfield, her grand, his granddaughter that's promoting that. And it made the video down here, the uh, documentary of that, the Haunting Island Swamp creature. And like you say, that video is just as compelling as uh, Patterson Gimlin, which, you know, is the standard by which all others are judged
2: yeah I hear you well thank you John I really appreciate you coming on I really enjoyed uh, hearing your encounters and thank you for taking the time to come on and share them
1: no problem at all anytime Wes. Well, thanks for having me buddy
2: well next up on the show I want to welcome JC JC thanks for coming on
0: Oh, yeah, you betcha.
2: And I know you recently moved out to Maine, and and we're going to talk about some of the activity out there. Uh, But prior to that, you actually were in the military, and you were out on a night ops, and you ran into some of these creatures. And I want you to be very careful, because I know everyone kind of signed something on this, and I know it shut down that night ops that you guys are doing. Um, So if you would, don't mention the year, don't mention uh, the base. Uh, but if you would, would you kind of just walk us into it? Tell us what happened.
0: Okay. Well, we uh, we were just uh, setting up for a, a high mountain exercise, and – and what I did is I, I, located a spot on the map and I checked it out that earlier that day and found a choke point and, you know, I had a Creek on one side and had a cliff side on another. And it was probably about 150 yards wide. And it was, it was, it was, it was couldn't ask for a better spot. And so I thought, well, this is a good spot for an ambush. And so we set up a, a nice spot to set up our nest and we all had our, you know, we all had our, our, our gear up and, and we, 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 We all had our, you know, back then, we, you know, we had our first generation of the the first set of, you know, night vision goggles that you could click onto your, uh, your helmets back then. And, you know, for back then, they're, you know, they're not the best things you can have, but they worked pretty good for what we could have back then. And so, you know, we sat around and, you know, when it got dusk and about dark and this is, you know, this is summertime. So it got dark pretty late and, you know, we sat around a couple hours and we're pretty quiet and, and it was shortly, you know, after midnight and, and next. You know, we started hearing this uh, this crashing, this this stomping coming through the forest. And you know, there's this section of woods. There's this big rock next to the you know next to the creek, and we were on the other side of that rock. And there's this big section of woods between the cliff and that big rock. And we heard the crash into the rocks and I turned to my two guys and I go, man, these Marines are stupid. You make a lot of noise. And, you know, we're kind of laughing about it. And next thing I know, I started hearing this, this, you know, this thumping on my chest. And I was like, "This, this isn't, this isn't right. And, and the next thing I know, and I'm, I'm the only one with my goggles down at that time. I see this big arm reaching out and pulling this limb down. And this limb, I swear, was probably eight, 10 inches wide and probably 10 feet up off the ground. He just pulls it down and pulls it right off. Snaps. When that happens, my friend next to me jumps off, you know, up off the ground. And I said, Don't move. Don't even make the sound. And it just wasn't one of them, but there were two. And see, people at this time, you got to remember, I, I grew up in Idaho and, you know, I spent my summers in, in a town of Cascade and a town of Stanley, Idaho. And, you know. And I spent my time up in the woods and I have never seen anything like this. Never, ever heard of anything like this, nor would I ever expect anything like this. And here comes myth right into reality. And, um, I didn't know what to do. And the only thing I could say is shut up, (laughs) just shut up. Don't even breathe. And, there wasn't one, but there were two. The other one was more of my size. The only thing I noticed was it was it was more it was kind of clipped on to it. It was holding on to its waist. That's the only thing that I saw. It had his hand on its waist and it was looking forward as the bigger one when it snapped that tree, it looked back and neither one of them had any idea that we were there and thank god because we didn't have any live rounds in our gun and i wasn't going to get up and start popping shots off with blanks you know that was the but the dumbest thing to do right i wasn't making a move i wasn't making a sound i wasn't doing anything i was going to let these creatures go so we saw these things walking off about three or four seconds um you know, I don't want to say this. My friend at this time that was in in the middle of the three of us, he immediately pissed his pants. He 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 didn't he he didn't handle this very well. And um, so after we they disappeared and these things, when I say they were walking, that's probably jogging in, in our sense, right? So, I mean, it was quick. And the only thing that I could say or notice, um, they didn't have no necks. And that's the only thing that I noticed at that time, but it was so quick because the, the goggles weren't that great. The vision was that great. That is the only thing that I could see was that big arm and no neck. I didn't really get to see a good visual on the head because the big one turned back on the side, and I kind of look, and all I saw was the little one grabbed on the side, and that's when I turned to my friend. And I said, "Shut up!" And I looked up, and then that's when I saw just the back ends of them, and they walked back to the forest. And then after that, then I heard the you know the seven marines that were coming back behind because they were actually pushing them. Out, and then that's when I jump up. I throw my gear up. I go, hey, hey, hey! Did you just see what you just pushed out? And so at that time, I what I didn't know is that down down the hill, eleven more people saw these saw these two, and what it ended up doing was shutting down the whole field exercise for the night. And and so a whole report had to be made. And so I can't really talk anymore about that, about where it was, what happened.
2: Yeah. And I don't want you to. I don't want you in trouble. But, you know, I appreciate you sharing it because a lot of guys on bases see these things, especially night operations. They see these things. And it's not just out here in Washington. It's everywhere. A lot of these different bases, you know, Georgia, uh, California. There's a ton of these guys that have seen them. Mm hmm. It's interesting how the whole night went. You're sitting and waiting. Yeah. The other Marines wait. are pushing the, the, this creature up. They see you guys mm-hmm. turn and go the other way. And it wasn't just that you saw it. I mean, a lot of people saw this thing. That's fascinating.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. And yeah, we didn't know that until until, uh, you know, several hours later, until you know, we were in a room and several other people were in there and, you know, making the same report. And we're like, you saw it, too? oh wow you know and you gotta believe me at that time see i'm i'm a geologist and uh you know as a scientist too and you know growing up in the woods you know and believe me you know i know that i i wanted to believe that these things are out there i can believe that these things are out there but i always you know i have to see it to believe it kind of thing right no i understand and and, but I really didn't want to think it like that to believe it. Right. Yeah. And so, but then, you know, so I retired and, you know, so I came out here to Maine. And so now I've got something else going on.
2: <laughs> well, tell us about that. You know, there, it's very interesting. There's, and yeah, I don't know if you want so, to go into the, the growing of, I don't know if you want to go into all that, but.
0: Oh, well, no, and, and this is the reason why I contacted you and, and you know, and. This is difficult to to tell you the story, but and this is the reason why I I, I, I contacted you, and why I needed to tell you this, and why I think that, that that your listeners, and why I think that you will find this interesting, because we discovered something very interesting uh, about this. Now, um, I was contacted by a friend who was uh, who was felt and uh, being stalked and being watched by what he thought was a Bigfoot on his property. And so he said, would you come over now? You know, I'm a, I'm a tracker. I've been tracking since, you know, a long time. I learned how to track basically by watching animals and following the animals into the woods, you know, and have, you know, and asking everybody every question since I was a kid, you know, I've learned. So anyways, so he asked me to come out there. And so when I went out there, I pulled up onto the property, and the first thing that I noticed, now this is this is a property, it's got a huge barn, this is an, an equestrian area, um, it's got a huge field, surrounded by woods, large property, we're talking, you know, over 100 acres, and so uh, I pull up, and the first thing I noticed was an unreal amount of tree structures, right? there next to the barn now this barn has two condos on it right on the front it's 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 really funny it's got an indoor riding arena the whole nine yards it's kind of neat but i see these tree structures right there and and this guy doesn't even know about these tree structures he doesn't know about tree structures he doesn't really know about this stuff and so i go okay so he so he takes off for work and so i i go and i look and i And I first noticed the the largest set of tracks I have ever seen in my life. These are deeply set, imprinted into the grass. Okay, I follow them in and then I find half of a track set into the mud. I break out my backpack, I take out my measuring tape, and I measure it 22 inches long by nine and a half inches wide and i got three toes the big toe and the two other ones next to it the other two were in the grass but what in the heck is out there walking around barefoot and first of all you know folks i gotta tell you first about this and i gotta describe this forest for you and and everything because you know i've been around the world i've been in the jungles of south america you know, I've been in the jungles of, you know, like Okinawa, you know, Malaysia. Uh, I've been there in the Olympics. You know, of course, I grew up in Idaho. You know, I went to college in Montana. Um, those are the dream of woods to walk around in. The Olympics, you know, there in Idaho, you know, those woods are nice. When you come here, these are so thick. Uh, you know, we got nettles here too. We got we got briars and stuff, but these are so thick that you can't even see, even if somebody's wearing bright orange. Not even twenty yards away in these woods, and the ticks are so bad that you can't even go. Okay, you can't even go out for twenty minutes and come back and not have thirty ticks on you. Okay, I went out and purchased a suit specifically to go out in these woods to do what I'm doing, folks. And folks, what I'm doing, we'll get into this in a minute. Okay, but I spent a pretty penny to buy a suit to go out in these woods because the ticks are so bad. People do not go out in these woods at all because of this. Okay, so when I say that nobody goes out in these woods, nobody goes out in these woods. All right. They stick to the roads, to the trails, to their four wheelers. They do not go out in these woods. So when I went out there and I found these tracks, I followed these tracks and I followed them out to the edge of the field to a tree that had the one whole entire side, the whole entire side, the tree limbs were all snapped off. And it looked like a trail marker, as if you were to make a trail marker. You can make it any plainer. And it looked like as if one was snapped off every year, as if a new one was snapped off every year. It was weird. And I looked down, and now this was an old horse trail. And I looked down, and I see another one down about 50, 75 yards. So I said, okay, so I go down to the next one and I see another one. So I make my way down about about three quarters of a mile to the end of this horse trail. It's the only trail of any sort in any of these woods. And I get down to where this bog is, and about 100 yards to my right, I hear a knock on a tree. Right after that, to my left, about 150 yards, I hear another knock. I go, Okay, well, I'm not used to Maine. I just moved here. I don't know about you, but I don't know of anything that knocks on trees. And I kind of know about this stuff. And to me, that kind of sounds like Bigfoot to me. I'm backing out of here because I'm by myself and I don't even have a gun. So I get out of here and I back out. Needless to say, I start hanging out with this guy every night, going out there to see if this thing shows up. Week later... We're out there smoking a cigar on the, uh, on his deck, and we start hearing something coming up, you know, close to the building. And I see these two greenish glowing things in the woods, and I, I've never seen this before. And the next thing I noticed, they blink. And I turned to him. I said, "Do you see what I'm seeing?" And 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 he had to look at it. and he doesn't know, and, and what on earth has big greenish eyes that blink like that? And this thing is very high up off the ground, right? Well, it comes in closer. And at this point, I'm like, okay, I've had it. I have got to see this for myself. So I run down the steps. I know this sounds crazy, folks. I know this is stupid, right? But at this point in time, right, I have got to see this for myself, right? Okay, so I run down. Now, there's this little corral in the middle of the field. And, and as you run down, I'm running towards this little corral. It, I, all I can hear is it going towards this little corral at this point, it's dark, right? But the moon is about a third full and it's facing South and it's about going down. And you couldn't ask for a better point where the moon could be. As I get to the corral, the corral is about to where my chin would be. And I'm almost five, eight. So I get to the corral. This thing's on the other side of the corral, which is about 30 yards away. And it's walking away from me, but and still to this day, I'm still wrapping this around my head. All I see is this big V-shaped like thing, and I don't see a head on this thing. And I swear, this thing I know for a fact, just from the, the height of the corral, had to be over eleven feet tall. The size of it, just I, I know big my animals and the size had to have been over eleven hundred pounds. Okay, that next morning, that next morning, I went out right where the stain was walking, and that is the stain that's leaving these 22-inch tracks because I followed these tracks right to where I end up putting my future Gorilla Grow. Okay, now this is what I'm doing out in the woods. This is where I'm going, and this is what I'm doing out in the woods, and this is where I'm getting all my encounters. And this is what I'm doing now today. And this is what I'm going to be doing here in the next two weeks. And this is why I bought this suit. Um, I went out, we we went out into these woods. After this encounter, we went out and we discovered not only these tree structures, but many, many more in this area. And, and probably a, uh, only a seven square mile area, probably over 350 tree structures in one day a hike. Bowed trees, teepees. But the most interesting thing that we found were baby tree structures, little tiny ones. And this comes into play later because we find out that there wasn't just this big boy, but it, it it's a family pod that's coming through here. Because this ends up that we find out to be the nursery for these guys. This is the big boy. There's a mama and there's the three babies. Now the three babies are a different age, but um, next summer, last summer, um, September, when we move out of this place to move into this house that we just bought, the five of them came, I, I don't know, We When we are moving out, it seems like they knew that we were moving out. The night when we left, they all came in to say goodbye to us. When the mama and the papa were off about 50, 75 yards, the three babies came in within 10 yards from the deck. And they sat there, and we were there for 45 minutes with the three of them there just swaying back and forth, looking at us, making – I I can't describe the noises. They're not chimp-like noises. Not grunt-like noises. Kind of like growl-like noises. I think they're like practicing growling at us. And I'm not joking because my friend goes, did he just growl at us? Because where, where they were coming up at us, they had to have been small. But it is funny, but it's not, but, but beside the case, that was the only good experience we've ever had with these, with these creatures. But anyways. Yeah. Because um,
2: I think you said most of the encounters really haven't been very pleasant with these. They're things.
0: undesirable. And yes, they have been. And that's probably the only time you're going to hear me laugh in this whole interview because This is, this was my whole idea. When, every time that we went out, the the first time that we actually went out uh, hunting these things, I went out and I tracked these and this is how I've been able to track these about every 15 to 25 yards. They leave a nice little snap of a tree limb about eight to 12 feet off the ground. And like I said, people, these woods are so thick. I'd lose my friend 15, 20 feet behind me. If he wasn't right on me, I would lose him. And he could hear me walking through the forest. You cannot see anything once the forest grows in, in the summertime. You can even in the wintertime, you can't even see through it. Okay, folks, it's the thick, I've never cussed walking through any forest in my life, but this one. I I wish I were kidding, okay? And the ticks are the worst I've ever seen in my life. And I had to buy a suit just to crawl through these woods. And there are nobody. And we do have – I have plenty of pictures of actual tracks. We've got uh, – they must be juveniles because they were small, uh, you know, actual foot in mud but there's no way people are walking around foot you know barefooted in these areas because you're not walking around in these areas well let me, because let me it, can i ask
2: you this jc why, yeah. why did you go and set up your grow operation back there after finding these tracks okay I, well I okay about. this the
0: this this was the thing every time that uh we went back there um they would uh chase us out of there or try to chase us out of there and the reason that i put it back there um too was that uh um i saw no human activity whatsoever or anything that could have been back there in the last couple of decades at all and oh, i, I know you. that if yeah, no human activity at all. And we called back to all those woods for for at least two or three weeks. And every time that that I went back there by myself, I was paralleled. I got um, escorted out. I got growled at. Um, tree limbs snapped. Um, and one time, you know, I know that uh, I know that they use infrasound because look, I don't get lost in the woods, plain and simple. Okay. It just doesn't happen. I've never gotten lost in the woods. You could stick, you could blindfold me, stick me anywhere in this world. I just don't get lost. We went out and I got turned in a circle and got lost. And I swear there's this crow following something and I know we were being paralleled by one of these creatures and it was sitting there squawking at this thing for 30-45 minutes and I know it was squawking at it and I, I swear to this day we were thinking that it was using infrasound on us, confusing us because to this day I know I never get lost in the woods and I got lost that day and I've been in those woods 3-4 times a week 2-3 times at least a week and I got lost that day but, yeah, um, I chose those woods because these things are going to run you out. And I'm going to tell you, you know, I want to throw a challenge out to this girl, Renee, out there to the show, Finding Bigfoot. You know, I hate to use your show as a platform, I really do. But, you know, anybody get somebody to the BFRO to her, hey, come out here. I'll put you up for a week all the comforts of home. We just take day trips out. I'll show you all the Bigfoot you want to see because this is the thing that we have figured out. We have found out that they have a migratory pattern around here because they use, because of the waterways here, they use a certain pathways because of the waterways. They use a certain way that they migrate. And another big thing, there. are you don't see animal life in this area. The whole entire time I've been here eight, in that area for 18 months, I've only seen two deer the whole time. The, the first week of living here in this new house that we bought here, I've seen at least 18, 24 deer. In this area, you do not see the wildlife. And this girl here, she always talks smack. Look, come on out. I guarantee you. I will show you these creatures. And I. I, I, not only will you not be doing that show anymore, you won't be camping by yourself anymore. And I guarantee you, you won't be coming to Maine. Okay? Because this is no joke. These things are no joke. These are not fun creatures. These aren't your vegetating, eating little fun things. These things, hey, if I didn't have a gun with me, and I didn't have it out with me, and I didn't know what I was doing. I wouldn't be sitting here, and I wouldn't be talking to you right now. These things will kill you. They will drag you off any chance they get. And I tell you, well, let me
2: you, let me ask you, JC, what why what makes you feel that way?
0: Because every time, oh okay, I've been in battle. All right, I've been where bullets fly. And I tell you, before I ever went out on patrol, I hadn't been that scared every time before. I'm shaking right now talking to you, thinking about uh, I'm going out in two weeks before I go out into these woods, going out by myself. I'm scared to death, people. Okay, but I'm doing it because I need this for me. I don't take pain meds, folks. I don't drink, okay? Okay. I don't do this stuff. I'm in a lot of pain. I had seven surgeries in a row. My body is beat up. Okay, I need this. All right. The state doesn't allow us to grow very much. And I don't break the law. But this. But, hey, you know. I um, understand. And and I don't
2: think you have to justify it, as you and I were saying earlier. I think. The fact that you you know would do marijuana over pain medication says a lot. Pain pain medication's nothing but they're they're heroin pills. You know you get into your Yeah, opiates that's,
0: that's what it is. And it's and, synthetic and, heroin.
2: Uh, you know, and it's like, well, that's okay, but
0: hey, I could go you know, I could go a day without pot, but you go a day without those no, pills, you, get you start sick. getting those those sick. Yeah, you start getting sick. See, and that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But anyways, but. The the reason why I still go out there and I do this is because, you know, hey, if they are to get me. That's a great way to die in my book. Uh, Drowning's a terrible way to die. Car wreck by drunk drivers, terrible way to die. Do you hear me, folks? Okay. and Mm, look,
2: I think sleeping your bed. And just not waking up is the best way to go. But I get what uh, you're saying. Yeah, I understand what I
0: guess you're saying. So. But you know what? You know what? It's the it's the thrill of, of what am I going to be dealing with in, with these creatures today? Yeah. You know, what am I going to what am I going to learn about these guys today? Who am I going to be dealing with today? I don't know. It's the thrill of it to me that gets me to do it and and i'm going to tell you um i had a partner in doing this and we went out there and my original gorilla grow we were out there cutting it and within 30 minutes of cutting out our grow the big boy came in and he growled at us and while he was growling at us you know my backpack was about 15 yards away my, you know, he he was looking at me. My buddy was looking at me as I'm running to my backpack to grab my gun. As soon as I grabbed my gun, he stopped growling. I chambered around. Of course, I'm not pointing it at him. But then, this is the only thing I can say. You know that that 1976 version of of King Kong. Yeah. Okay. As he's walking through the forest to go get the girl, right? And he's pushing the trees down. As this saying is walking because this is kind of down sloping because we're kind of like at the top of this kind of like hill. So he's walking down. He's pushing the trees down. And I'm not talking tiny little trees people. He's pushing these trees down. And my friend is sitting there the whole time with his mouth open and from that point in time he never contacted me. He never came back out, and he never came back to that area ever again.
2: And, and this was a daytime sighting?
0: This was a daytime. This happened at one thirty in the afternoon.
2: And were you able to see him uh, full on, or did you get a glance at him as he was walking away?
0: All I saw was darkness that was darker than the darkness of the forest. And, this, and during the summer... You know, while I was inside the same Gorilla Grow, because this happened in uh, in the month of May, and this is while the forest is still growing thick, right? In the middle of the summer, while I was in the same Gorilla Grow, I got charged not, you know, once, twice, but three times by multiple creatures. And the last time I was charged, they came right up to the edge. and the la- and what stopped them was when I chambered my pistol. And I'm only carrying a pistol. I know this sounds stupid, but look, if they came out and they're coming after me, I'm shooting them in the mouth. I'm not dumb, okay? I'm shooting them in the mouth, and I'm saving one round for myself, okay? <laughs> all right? Maybe. Okay. All right. But anyways, they came right up to the edge. And even at the edge, all I can see was the darkness that was darker than the darkness of the forest. And I know this sounds really crazy. And why didn't you leave? Why didn't you walk out? Why did you leave? Well, I carried all that water in two and a half miles, people. I might as well water the plants. <laughs> and I didn't want my plants to die. So I'm sitting there watering my plants, looking at the creatures, holding my gun, with the other hand while I'm watering the plants with the other. (laughs) And that was the only time now, see, I only have one little tiny trail that's kind of made to get up in that grow. And I have an emergency back door. And that was the only time I used that emergency back door. And that means you have to crawl through the severely tick infested trees. And And thank God I have that suit. And like I said, if you don't have the suit, and I don't know anybody that has a suit that I've got. And if you don't have this, like um, my friend came out there with me. Uh, When we came back, he had 29 ticks on him and I had none. So that's what I mean when um, nobody's crawling out there going out there in these woods because the ticks are so bad. people.
2: Well, I wanted to ask you, too. Um, so it kind of sounds like um, it was and – I, and I know what you mean because it's like that here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, you you know, sometimes you can't even see within five feet of the, the foliage because it's so dense. Right. Um, but you can hear things moving around. So things are moving around. You're being growled at. And I, I kind of get now why you're going. I've talked to a lot of guys that that grow marijuana. Um, and they have all kinds of stories from being charged, bluff charged, being run out of there. And I will say, some guys will give it up, some guys won't. Uh, but in your case, obviously, you're using it as medicine for pain and everything else. So I don't. I kind of don't blame you for leaving. Um, do, are they are they around this property year round, or is it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, and and okay, and we couldn't believe this, and. I've got something else that we found that we've discovered that was really interesting. Okay, now, this area that I am gorilla growing in that we call the nursery, they like this area in the wintertime because it really protects them from the wind. We went down there last winter, uh, not, not this winter, but the winter before. This is the first winter I was here. And the snow wasn't that bad. It was really bad this year. It wasn't bad last year. And we went down there to that bog. We followed that horse trail down. And um, we went down there and we got down to the bog. And the first thing I noticed when we got down there wasn't, we didn't, I didn't see any tracks on the ground besides um, a lynx track and uh, a couple of, uh, of, oh, of all things, I have turned the corner into my Gorilla Grow and I did run into a lynx. Um, that wasn't fun. Uh, but anyway, uh, I mean, face to face with a lynx, I trapped it against some trees and it didn't know what to do. But anyways, uh, but anyways, um, I found a whole bunch of crap on the ground and a bunch of tree litter. And these and these are uh some white pines, and so you know I'm looking up in the trees, and it was this large swath of, of white pines, and it had all this little crap on the ground and tree litter, but no tracks of any animals. And so me and my friend were looking at this, we're like, what the heck is all this? Or what is leaving all this so we're actually looking for a new area to for for me to to do another grow right yeah, so that's what I'm looking for so you know so we're spending about 30 45 minutes just kicking around didn't hear anything at all right didn't see anything else and so you know i'm just thinking wow that's kind of weird seeing that as we're walking out we're walking up the hill clap clap tree knocking, and then again, from on the other side of us, tree knocking, we look at each other, no way, no way, and these things follow us up the hill, not on the ground, but in the trees, these things are in the trees in the wintertime, they're not putting tracks on the ground, these things are smart. are smart they're not because we went back i went back down there okay again all right the next time we went back down you know we didn't hear a sound and i'm scouring the ground these things are not leaving tracks they're staying in the trees but see the forest is so thick they can they can they can just go jump from tree to tree to tree to tree tree, never touch the ground Ever. Yeah, I, I think, swear.
2: I think some of them can. I think once they start to get a little larger, I think I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, that Once that they
0: works. get a little larger, but this is another thing I wanted to tell you. From from that barn where we were staying before we got this house, it was raining really hard a couple of days, and this was like in the month of April. And there's these two trees, this is at the top of the hill. And we kept always saying, you know, we always thought we'd seen these Creatures in the trees, and we, you know, and we're like, man, that'd they, be a really good spot to get up in the trees, look for deer, then jump back down the tree, and and then go get them. And we always seen sticks always piled up on the bottom of these trees. All right, my friend pointed this out to me, and I didn't really notice this, right? Well, one day he was at work, and I went outside, and I looked, and I go, wow, there's there's it looks thicker at the bottom of those trees than normal. So I took a couple of pictures and zoomed up. The next day, I went out. It was, you know, it was cleared up a little bit. Those that The trees looked completely different. I took the pictures and we got the comparison photos. Those things sleep in the trees. And they sleep in these trees. <laughs> okay. And these are the bottom the uh the very bottom limbs that are coming out and these are big limbs that are coming out and these things are dragging other tree limbs live limbs up with them and covering them up covering them up and they're sleeping only like 12 15 feet up off the ground so even the big ones are sleeping up off the ground that I'm guessing because you know even in only when you know, it's really bad rain, only bad storms. But when, but I want to tell you where this gorilla grow I have, there are four or five actual nests within 200 yards from this, from this grow that we cut out. And I think this, the, that big boy was sleeping that day in one of those nests that he built where we were cutting and we woke him up and I know they sleep down there quite a bit and they are there. And I know that they're, that they're there approximately every five to seven days, the family pod, but there's also a group of three juveniles. And sometimes they break up to two or one that come around. And there's one other thing, uh, They're not nighttime only. These guys are daytime. I was out on that deck playing with some plants. This was last summer. This is the month of July at one o'clock in the afternoon. And I heard a tree knock. I'm like, a tree knock? Are you kidding me? I had two pieces of wood right next to me, so I knocked them together. Not even more than two minutes later, I hear this. I was like, no way. And it was coming from that field. And last year was the most epic year for ticks. So I know that there was nobody out there because the grass out in that field was already up to your chest. So I know nobody was out there. No way. And I know that that was the juveniles because those are the only ones that that communicate that way or even do that because I think they were checking, you know, Hey, are you the big boy or, you know, who are you over there? You know, who are you over there? You know, checking out who's there. But I just couldn't believe that at one o'clock in the afternoon, these guys are not just nighttime only. These guys are coming around during the day. So yeah. I'm
2: sounds like a very, uh, unique situation have they ever messed with your plants
0: okay <laughs> um the first time that i got charged um the next time i went back to the grow which was uh 2 days later it hadn't rained for 3 days the ground wasn't that wet i have a specific little path that goes up to the to the grow you have to hit it just right When I started going up there, I started seeing the tracks from the big boy. When I, (laughs) well, I know it was the big boy because it stopped right at the entrance and the track went into the ground four inches deep. The soil wasn't that wet. With my boot on, I was stomping into the ground and I couldn't even penetrate a half inch. That's why I told you I was guessing this guy had to been well over a thousand pounds to do that. But no, no. And that's what I couldn't figure out. You know, I'm sitting there right next to the guy's bedroom. I cut out, you know, this big, large swath and. Yeah, you know, I get growled at. I get charged at. You know, all this stuff. I get escorted out all the time. They come right to the entrance to my grow, and he just turned around and he walked out the other way because I, I followed the tracks out. He went out a different way, and that was the only time. The only time they went right into the entrance of my grow, but he did not enter the grow. Why I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. And so this is the only reason why I'm going back to the same spot. I'm doing it again. I know this sounds stupid people. I know it sounds crazy, but if they're not messing with it and they're going to keep people out, that's where I want to go. And this is where I want to do it because there's nobody there. There's nobody going there. And it. Really, I'm, I'm not saying where this is at, folks. Yeah, if you I, really knew where this is at, you would really
2: yeah, and I, and,
0: be and, going, what? Yeah.
2: No, I, th- <laughs> I think Maine is good enough. It's You know, the thing with the marijuana is, I, and I've asked a lot of the guys off the air, did they mess with, did you ever get your your um, plants messed with? And I'll say 99% of the time, the answer is no, they don't mess with them at all. Um, but it's no. a, for people out there who don't know about, it, I mean you gotta usually walk a mile or two, get your water, walk it all the way back, water everything. And it, what's interesting is a lot a lot of times with these guys, they will report being watched and being stalked while they're doing this. And it's fascinating. The, the only time I've ever ha- heard of a Sasquatch, there was a moonshine operation one time a guy was telling me about, and he caught one of these creatures in there drinking some of the moonshine. Um
0: oh yeah cuz I know they like that mesh. Yeah. That corn mesh. I know they have a, a taste for that from what I've heard, you know. So um that's that's one thing but uh they don't like this stuff cuz I know the deer don't like it. And uh yeah, it, it just amazed me cuz I figured I would have came back And that whole entire area would have been just torn to shreds. I really thought it would be. And to be honest with you, I really thought, you know, that last time I was there, they were going to come out and tear me a new one. Because I thought they were about had it with me. Um, I I think uh, that first summer, uh, you know, you know, yeah, back in, august of 2016 they were shocked that i even tracked him down to that one area down that bog because i know no humans go down there and there hasn't been any activity down there and i actually uh, and one thing that we have done that i do that I, i make sure that i do is i smoke a cigar and we put that scent out so that every time that we're out in the woods and if they smell that cigar, they know it's us. And when they come up to the barn, and we're smoking the cigar, you know they know that it's us. And the last time we, the night that the night before we moved out, um, oh, and check this out: the the house that we bought, we had to wait 52 days to move in. The lady was just being a rat. <laughs> okay, we had to go camping. For 52 days. The campground that we chose, this is how we figured out their migra- migratory pattern. Creatures were also out at this campground because this campground is also part of their territory. And their howls, um, now it kind of sounds like those Ohio howls, but it's a little bit different. And the the reason that uh, this is what I came up with, it's like taking somebody from Austin, Texas, and taking somebody from, from Boston. It's like an accent. It just sounds a little bit different. Um, But um, when we moved here to this new house, and this is one thing I didn't mention to you before, when I talked to you on the phone, back in October, I heard a different kind of howl and I don't know if this is what uh, they call around here, that dog man, but it was a different kind of howl. And um I heard this not too long ago either uh, before too, but I called it in by doing a, by doing a knock, but this thing had red glowing eyes and where it came into the edge of the forest. The next day I went in and, and we found a track to it where it came into the, we have a, a cemetery here on the other side of this road and it came into the edge of the cemetery, but this thing had red glowing eyes, but this had a completely different howl. So I don't know if it was a different creature or if they have like different accents, but when we're out in this campground, we know there it was the same family because we actually saw the same glowing eyes at our campsite where my friend did because I was actually asleep because he was up late that night. He said he saw the glowing eyes, the same glowing eyes, but we've heard him howling off in the distance, always around three o'clock in the morning, two, three o'clock in the morning. Seems like that's when they get their dinner.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I tend to agree with you. I know there's been so much that's gone on and you've had so many encounters um, oh, so exp- many out there, and and a lot of those guys, like I said, I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of guys doing grow operations, and they they, I mean, they can tell you stories all day long about stuff they've seen out there. I wanted to ask you though, what do you think Sasquatch is?
0: Uh, this is you know, I, I know you've asked these to a lot of people. And this is what I this is what I want to tell you. Sasquatch is the thing that actually belongs on this planet, and we don't. I don't think we actually belong here. I think we actually came from somewhere else. Because when you see these things walk through the forest, these things belong in the forest. When I saw this thing walking away from me, it wasn't bobbing around. It was like gliding away. We have trouble. I have trouble walking around in these forests. You know, we have trouble even just surviving in these forests. These things are made for these forests, right? Okay, now I want to ask you this. There's, We don't have any mummified remains of Neanderthals, do we? No. Okay, so why are they putting skin on it? Because they wanted to make it more human-like to make themselves feel better. I think you put fur on that Neanderthal, and I think that's more of a Sasquatch, don't you think?
2: Yeah, I would tend to agree with you on that. I know Danny Fendermini has that theory, and I I tend to agree with that.
0: Yeah, see, and I think so too. Now, I believe that – I know that's kind of far out there, but look, we might share a little bit of genetics with them, but I think they're the things that belong on this planet. They're the ones that belong in those forests.
2: So you think they're, they're more of a Neanderthal? Is that kind of what you're saying?
0: Yeah, they're more of the older species, the more of the throwbacks. You know, the things have been around on this planet a lot longer, and and you know, or a more modern species, even if you if you want to say that, you know, a more modern species of a Neanderthal that is adapted to the forests. Uh, you know, that could be, um, but. Uh, I think that you know they're more of animal than anything else because from what I've seen and from the way they act towards me out there in the forest is more animal than it is human-like. But they do—they do show some human-like attributes like that night when they brought their kids to say goodbye to us. That's what it seemed like to us. It seems weird, right? But they did because the parents were off in the back and they let the kids come up and play. They show some things that are kind of like human-like, but I'm telling you they're more animal than they are human. But, um, but they communicate in a way that is not like animals. I can tell you that they are uh, an in between. That's about the best that I can tell you. Now,
2: when they came, when they came up to the back, were the I mean, were these things in plain view, or were they the little ones, or were they kind of
0: okay? This, yeah, this is at night. Okay, right at the very edge, you know, because I'm still going to tell you where this is going to be off air and everything, right, but. Right at the very tip of where this forest comes to it's like a little lip edge. They came right to the very edge of it and they you couldn't they're hanging right at the very edge looking at us. They are on the ground crawling on the ground. okay the the, the smallest one was was basically like sitting on sitting on the rock. There's like this big rock that's like at the very edge of the you know because everything's outlined with this with this because uh, everything's boundaryed with with a rock wall, right? So like it's like sitting at the very edge of the rock and the two ones that are a little bit bigger than it were crawling on the ground. and but they started in the trees. They climbed down from the trees onto the ground and then crawled on the ground. I gotcha. Yeah. So that's how, that's how they came in to get in closer to us. And they just kept entering the word closer and closer. And all we did is we kept talking to them like, Hey, hi. And in fact, I think I even threw an apple at them. And that's when the, uh, one of the parents growled at us. (laughs) That's that's when my buddy goes, I think I'll growled at you. (laughs) Like, okay, I won't do that again.
2: Yeah, no, I <laughs> but, hear you. Uh,
0: well, let, let me ask you this,
2: JC. So, you guys, you guys sold this property. Do you no longer have access to this area?
0: Well, okay, um, no, we were actually renting it, and um, uh, and actually, my friend, his office is connected to this property. Okay, so we still have. Access to this property. I saw. Okay, and you can you can enter any of this section of forest from many different parts, and believe me, I've entered this forest from many different sections. Okay, um, so uh, I mean, this specific section, which is probably like seven square miles section and this is where I've had the most encounters, and like I said, I've only gone out once and not had an encounter once, all right, and this is why, you know, I tell these people from that show, my God, come out, yeah. get a hold of Wes here, I'll give you the your, your finding Bigfoot, all right, and I'm not out trying to find it, okay, <laughs> really, I'm not, Um <clears throat> But, yeah, um, yeah, I still I, 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 uh, he's his office is there, and I told you he's a professional in the community, um so uh um yeah, and in two weeks, um I'm going to be right back out there again.
2: you have to come back for an update. will you let us know if anything happens when you go back yeah, out there?
0: and this time, this time, like I told you, uh, I'm more confident this year. Because the laws have changed around here, uh, I'm not worried. I got a GoPro this year and two uh, two cameras that I'm going to be putting up in areas that I know I have uh, activity. So um, I hope to get them on film for you, uh, for myself. To really, uh, yeah, I want to see. I want to see that big boy on film so i know that i'm not going crazy
2: yeah i don't think you're going crazy but you'll definitely have to come back uh jc i'd love to wh- I'd love to know what
0: happens and oh, I-, I definitely will you know and and uh and you know we definitely know uh we have a lot more to share but boy uh i don't even know where to i just keep going all day but i got too many stories just probably got two much time <laughs>
2: yeah well I'll definitely have to have you back we'll have to do it in two weeks after you go out there whether you find anything or not and then maybe I'll have you back and we can go into some other things that you have seen and experienced while you're out there
0: if that yeah, works for the, you. The, yeah like uh, the tools that i found and stuff that they've been using and stuff
2: yeah yeah I'd love to hear more about that I can't wait to uh, have you back JC thank you so much for coming on
0: Yeah, you betcha. You betcha. Thanks. You got it. Thanks for having me.
2: And that's it for tonight, everyone. Remember, if you've had an encounter, shoot me an email. My email address is Wes at SasquatchChronicles.com. Until next time, everyone.